You're listening to Market Scale Food and Beverage. I'm your host, Sean Heath, and I'm about to have a conversation with the founder and CEO of Muala, Jeff Richards. Jeff, how you doing, my friend? Hey, great. Good afternoon. Now, I know how incredibly busy you are, but I wouldn't normally think that someone who works in an organic industry would be super crazy busy 24 hours a day because you think, oh, organic plants, they take a long time to grow. You got all the time in the world. That's not really the case. Tell me about the journey and the race that you kind of set yourself on founding this company. Yeah, well, it's it's funny that you mentioned that. Um, we, uh, you know, what I always say is that, you know, our products have to stay, stay refrigerated. And if we had a shelf stable product, then I would be on vacation, uh, you know, four days out of the week, but I've got a product that's expiring and, uh, and uh, only lasts a couple months, so that's there's a constant, uh, you know, fire under under my foot to to keep moving. So there's not a lot of time to relax. Um, and you have yeah. a personal you have a personal sort of drive to start this company, don't you? Yeah, for sure. So um, you know, I uh, grew up, uh, you know, in a in, in Texas, and um, went to, went to Baylor here, and started my career in finance, and so. Um, I was a, a desk jockey and not frankly, still somewhat, <laughs> still somewhat am, uh, but, uh, went the investment banking route and was in finance for the better part of 10 years. Um, and, you know, basically was, uh, was, uh, doing CrossFit and had a paleo diet, went through a little bit of a diet fad, uh, where I didn't eat dairy for six months. And when I came back and said, you know what, that's enough of that. I started getting my, uh, you know, my my dose of queso and and milk and ice cream. All of a sudden, I couldn't I couldn't handle it anymore. So, um, I was about uh, 28 years old when that happened and became uh, lactose intolerant as as an adult. I was actually uh, diagnosed with severe lactose intolerance, and so that's kind of where you know the whole plant based thing came in. Uh, Muala, my my company is. Uh, we, we make organic plant-based beverages in case we hadn't hit that yet. So it's basically, it's a dairy-free almond milk or dairy-free banana milk are our core products. So really, you know, um, the idea came from a real problem is some of the best entrepreneurial stories do. Okay. So I just, you mentioned something that I've never heard of before. You yeah. became lactose intolerant as an adult. Does that, I it's mean, a thing. that's a thing that happens? It, it has to be. Um, and you know, I, I haven't done a, you know, a, a whole bunch of research on it. a lot of people. You know, um, you know, raise their eyebrows at that. But yeah, I mean, look, I was eating cheese and ice cream and, uh, and and putting milk in my smoothies, and and then I didn't I didn't have dairy for six months. And when I came back and tried it again, I got my blood tested, and my my body was was severely lactose intolerant. It's crazy. I'm looking at the label right now for what would be my favorite product banana milk chocolate come on man that's not fair um and i'm looking at the ingredients you have seven ingredients in that product and a seven-year-old could pronounce every one of them you take organic very seriously yeah we do um it's you know it's really the our, our spot in the market is um, i think a lot of people believe that if they're buying a plant-based product or an almond milk um or even a dairy milk, sometimes they just assume it's organic. And part of our job um, at Muala is to educate the consumer that it's usually not. It's actually usually not the case. Um, and that's where we really find ourselves 
um, separating, not just in you know an innovative product like banana milk, but even in our almond milk, it's going to be organic and 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 have simple ingredients. And we've really been able to carve out a niche there. There's a lot of reasons that people consider going plant-based, but the plant-based side has taken a very interesting approach in mimicking these animal-based products and doing a pretty darn good job of it. Yeah, um, I would I would have to agree with you there. And um, you know, to hit on what you said earlier um, on the on the dairy industry, um, you know, what's yeah, what's interesting to me is that you know about almost half of millennials drink um, a dairy alternative, and only about you know a quarter of those do it because. Uh, they have a lactose issue like I do. Um, the rest of them do it either because it's an ethic choice, an ethics choice, or because they just prefer the flavor. And so that kind of hits on two, two of your points. Um, one being that it's becoming an ethical issue um, with the way that dairies are, are operated. And then secondly, um, it's, it's, a, it's a taste issue. It's a flavor issue. How, um, you know, s- some people like um, tasting the plant part of it, the soybean or the almond, but the majority of the population, they're looking for uh, a replacement, something to take the place of uh, the, the milk that they're drinking or the meat that they're eating. And so I think it's a function of price. And once the, once the price continues to come down, I think you'll see the flavor of these products like ours continue to improve to where, you know, you can have that potential widespread adoption of um, a, a plant-based diet out of, you know, the more fad type environment that we're in right now. As more people adopt it, competition will bring the prices down. That's just economics 101. As someone who works in the industry, prices coming down is not something you're super crazy about. But (laughs) if the price comes down enough that more people adopt it, it's a win-win situation for everybody. Yeah, I I would would have to agree. Um, You know, what's been really exciting for us has not been... Um, you know, I, I don't, I take that back. It's, it's, it's been very exciting to be part of Whole Foods, especially here in, in, in Texas. Um, you know, but what's been interesting and almost surprising for us is, is the conventional acceptance of, um, of our product in, into, you know, a conventional grocery store that's not heavy on the natural side. And, um, you know, it's been, and that's where it's been the most exciting is because you'd expect, that to be almost those to be almost the last adopter of our product, you know, organic almond milk. That sounds like something that's going to be on the shelves of, you know, Whole Foods and stay there. Um, but what we're seeing is almost that those conventional grocers, um, like an Albertsons or um, a Stop and Shop, are really looking to be on the bleeding edge of innovation. And um, and the more volume they run, and the more awareness the consumer has, the more demand there's going to be. And that's going to, yeah, drive prices down. You mentioned that you discovered your, this intolerance, your lactose intolerance at a at very young, I mean, well, very yep. old for being diagnosed. You know what I mean? A very young old age. <laughs> I think that, 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 that must be happening to a lot of people that they're starting to realize, oh, I'm allergic to this thing, maybe when they're in high school or in college. And I would imagine that those allergens are probably pretty widely spread across the population, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I think I, I read a stat that um, five million Americans have a um, have a have a a nut or a tree nut issue, I should say, a tree, tree nut allergy, um, which is a big number. Uh, it's a big number, and it's and it's growing. Um, 
And I think that um, people are becoming more aware also um, with, with uh, um, as, as trends like plant-based and dairy-free emerge, people are just more in tune with their bodies now than they ever have been. Um, and so when I, for instance, I got tested for lactose intolerance, I got tested for um, a bunch of other things. It turns out I have a mild peanut allergy. And, and so, you know, I'm not sure that was the best news I ever got, but, you know, I think there's just a growing awareness. People want to know what they're putting in their bodies. And, uh, and so, you know, there's it really benefits smaller businesses like my own that operate somewhat in, in niches sometimes. It seems like people won't change what they eat or drink until it really becomes necessary for them to do that. We don't always decide what's in our best interest. That's a big challenge, right? It is. I, I also think that um, I think that people, for the first time, you're, you're seeing that you know consumers are very willing to try new things, um, and I think a lot of that is um, you know you have to give give props to food suppliers who are putting really high quality options out there to compete with the, with the big brands, the big brands for the first time. Um, if you go to a shelf right now in the refrigerated section or in the fresh section, it is, you're not just seeing, um, you know, I'll take my own category, for example, you're not just seeing the major dairy producers. All of a sudden you're seeing like 20 different kinds of, of milk and 20 different kinds of plant-based milk. And it's, it's not because uh, there's no single brand winning. There's a bunch of different brands winning. And so it's a really exciting environment for us to be a part of because consumers are trying new things. There's limited brand loyalty. And, um, you know, but I think generally you're right. There's a, there is a, an aversion to change as human beings. We don't like to change, but there's so many cool options on the shelves right now that people get excited. They walk into a grocery store and we'll just watch people, uh, you know, I'll hide behind a, 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 a grocery cart and I'll just watch people and they stand there with their arms folded. They're, they like, look, they're shopping, you know, they're not choosing between 1% and 2% milk. They're choosing between, um, a lot of different high quality options. And so it's pretty exciting. Okay. Aside from the fact that what you just described sounds a little bit like stalking, um, <laughs> having lived in Spain for a few years, unrefrigerated milk in vacuum packs is massive. I personally cannot get past my milk coming off a shelf next to a can of beans. My, mm. If I'm buying a milk product, whether it's almond milk, it's got to come out of the, the refrigerated section. It just feels weird. I, could, I totally agree. And I, I think that, you know, if you ask anybody dating back the past few years, you ask somebody in the food industry, they're going to tell you, um, and you ask them where the growth is in the store, they're going to say it's on the outside, it's on the perimeter, uh, in the chilled area. And I think that's going to continue um, but, um, the big, but there is now you've got Amazon involved in the food world and, and this is where once again, things are going to be changing. Um, all of a sudden we're shelf stable. Yeah. You're buying your milk in the middle of a grocery, uh, you know, in the, in the dry area of the grocery, um, department, you know, that's not very attractive, but if you can get almond milk shipped through Amazon, it doesn't have to be refrigerated. Then all of a sudden, uh, that's a cost saving for you, and you maybe care don't quite care as much whether or not it shows up cold if it's safe warm. So I, it's it's a really interesting dynamic that you brought up um, because I think that you might start seeing growth in in the in the shelf stable area because of Amazon. Is there one thing 
that you don't eat and you think, oh man, I, I miss that. Is there one specific thing? Oh man. Uh, yeah. Queso. Chili con queso. I'm a, I'm a native Texan and there just isn't a, you know, and maybe, maybe this is my calling. <laughs> maybe we need to create a second, uh, a sub brand, but man, if I could have dairy free queso, that was like, uh, you know, queso we get down here in Texas, I would just start weeping. Um, that's, it's crippling. Well, I'm going to put another project on your task list before I let you go. And that is dairy free, nut free, peanut butter cookie dough ice cream. Boom. <laughs> Make that happen, my friend. Without any of those ingredients. <laughs> yes, please. I would appreciate that greatly. Today, I've had the pleasure of talking to the founder and CEO of Muala, Jeff Richards. Jeff, thanks so much for taking the time, man. I really have enjoyed this. All right. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, go to marketscale.com industries. And if you have a chance, subscribe to the MarketScale publications for the latest articles, videos, and podcasts from your favorite industries. 